everyone. Welcome to the Ooh. Party Chat People's Podcast, and I'm back. I know you missed me. Everyone He's missed me, right? back. We yes, missed we missed you. Everyone missed me. Yeah. The by Mikey, Zavi, and Stacy. My friends, how have you been? We are the Party Chat Peoples. We Would are you back. guys be the party chat people <laughs> following that would you be interested in talking about some video game things always and forever always and forever i like sounds that. good sounds cool. <laughs> until i quit video games uh, never <laughs> never all right so today's topics everybody we are Turtles. back we are going to get into the ps5 event Headed up by Stacy, find out what we liked, what they didn't like, uh, what we liked about the design, and any pricing. I'm going to finally reveal the curtain behind Persona 5 Royal, um, give my overall thoughts, and sort of give some little beads on what happens in the extra semester, but I don't want to spoil it because I do know that Zavi wants to play it and any of our listeners that want to play it. Um, and Steve is going to talk about Destiny 2 Beyond Light. <laughs> and, surprise, surprise. Yeah. He's yeah. Not I was coming with new stuff. <laughs> he made up with his old girlfriend. Exactly. You know what? And that's why he's back. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Destiny yeah. 2 Beyond Light and the Future, they uh, announced two... Um, expansions all the way up to 2022 mm-hmm. and we are going to close out this episode talking about the last of us remastered Master. not two not yet two. um we're not going to yet. give ourselves some time to play through two and we're going to have a full discussion so, of that in the coming weeks but we're spoilers. just going to find out how oh yeah so yeah definitely spoilers on the left if game. you haven't played it in the seven years it's been out yes <laughs> yes but also yes. but also I do want to say that, like, I'm going to talk about the first game and how it fits thematically. So while I, like, haven't necessarily, you know, played much of part two, I have Mm -hmm. played some. And I don't want to claim that it's possible for me to just speak, like, about the first one without giving people any hints as to my emotional state after playing some hours of part two. So some people who are psychopaths, you know, you might not want to listen to it. Broken. Oh, jeez. Okay. Emotional. Well, I'm, I'm like that. So. I'm calling myself oh, yeah, a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers, okay. my emotional state is broken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's reasonable nothing, right now. It has nothing to do with The Last of Us, though. And, cool. and that's one of the things I want to talk about, like in relation to, if you don't mind me guys just leaping off with it, this PlayStation 5 reveal. Yeah. So, Can we talk about the biggest reveal from it? What was that? Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto, Auto 5. 5. Oh, oh my wow. god, exactly. That's, oh that's my god, exactly I can't wait. So, what, a, what a terrible opener. Yeah. Terrible opener, yes. Oh god, it was so bad. Yeah, so I'm changing my virtual background to the PlayStation 5 stuff in case you haven't seen it the controller we had been linked at least like a week or two before the console is quite large um yeah and the version you see here with the little line in it for the disc there Tilt are your two head versions to the side. of it <laughs> yeah. other way you gotta you gotta you gotta battle uh, it. there we anyway, go there so go. there's a there's a version with the disc and a version without and i'm sure the one with it's going to be more expensive that's the only thing i'm really wanting to point out and they have a fancy so, headset and a camera and stuff like that we've had some I, more somewhat leaks on pricing since the, yeah the there has been but i also mm-hmm. do really like the aesthetic they're going for because it fits right in line with the psvr when mm. that came out yeah, you're right. Yeah, it does. So they're look, doing the white yeah. and black it contrast nice. aesthetic, and, yeah. and I really like that all the accessories go that route with it. 
I think yeah, it's yeah. good. I think that it may be big, but whatever. I think that people obsess over like the way thing will look in a way that I just don't understand for a gaming console. Like they yeah. tried to do the whole like Apple porn, like look at the sleek edges, and it's just like mm. this well, and you saw that with PlayStation TV. Exactly, they had and you're not gonna like, move it. Yeah, they had like <laughs> something like twenty little graphical things to show on the screen that were some version of the playstation oh yeah the, the x triangle were... square and mm -hmm. there was a joke on the internet that they were gonna obviously the big reveal was gonna be a fifth button and it was gonna be a star <laughs> yeah and so, that would have made the whole thing hilarious and like they knew what they were doing instead it just felt like they were filling time because the graphics guys got a little out of hand and, and to some extent, to some extent I'm cool guys. with yeah. <laughs> to some extent I'm cool with them like I'm cool with them treating this as like a celebration of PlayStation all that. I mean, yeah. That's mostly okay. Yes and no because the the thing is the reveal is happening in a pretty unusual period of time. And to their credit, they did push it back a little bit to allow for protests to take more. So, the one thing I have <laughs> sure. with the way they they always show off the PlayStation is that it's always in its vertical standing mode. Yeah, yes. I'm you gonna lie. 90% of people put this thing under the TV, on a TV stand, yeah. flat on its side. Show me that. However, Steve, I have to be honest. I, I stood up my like Xbox erection, 360. Steve, if you don't I had put my it up, so I stood up my any... PlayStation 2 because I had to pitch yeah. it between my two TVs. Uh, oh, oh, I had a, I had a, no, 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 it was oh, not some was fancy bad. shit. I had a tiny CRT and a oh. strangely large CRT. <laughs> the tiny CRT was for cable so that I could watch cable bullshit while also playing video games. Oh, wow. It was all hand-me-down shit. Never we didn't buy any of that. Regardless of that. So, and, and, a, and a PlayStation reveal coming around in that era that is more or less look at our shiny new console and mm -hmm. all the fun games many of which are sequels to games you know and love mm -hmm. would have come across a certain way at that time and what it feels like is they just went ahead and repeated the playbook again right? yeah so the first thing out was gta 5 which isn't coming out until 2021 Mm -hmm. And all they can tell you is that they're going to give you a million dollars in the PS4 version every month. In-game money. In-game in money. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Get... That works for me. I play GTA Online. <laughs> the and, the and dopamine get... slot machine works. And I get that for the people that play that game that might be exciting. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. But to lead with that felt really weird in the era of coronavirus. Yeah. In the era of Black Lives Matter. Like that's what you're leading in with. the event, it's of, particularly extra, because an extra million in-game dollars in GTA Five. Specifically particularly because felt. that every year we see something from Bethesda, they launch Skyrim on a new platform in some way. <laughs> it felt like that. On them every time. That's true. And, and here comes Rockstar again. now doing and the same the thing. thing. The thing is, the thing is, like a little bit of like credit is deserved to rockstar for like doing live service games that seem sustainable and and, and all yeah. that like that's you know impressive yeah, and all that it's, it's not but nothing. the thing about it is it wasn't just like the actual content wasn't just like gta 5 or gta online it was like the story of gta 5 yeah which is just the worst fucking humans i've ever seen yeah like it's just like I'm in. I'm. I'm trapped in a in in a in a neighborhood and not seeing my friends and family on a regular basis. Right. Like, right. if I wanted that shit, I'd watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. I guess. Like, I just ah, oh, it's so annoying. I. And, but anyway. And meanwhile, I'm changing my background again. I like, like to They've got. Bass. They've got this guy. Ooh, they could have yeah. led with this guy. Look how good this image looks. This is in game right here. Yeah. Right. 
and everybody loved the Spider-Man game. People who don't yeah. play video games much love the yeah. Spider-Man game. It was such a wasted opportunity. Out, this yeah. is out by the holidays exactly. this year. How did they not leave with this? Yeah. What's wrong yeah. with them? Uh, Going on the, think, when you from think the momentum it, and everything. Look at how that was structured, if they just inserted GTA Five into the middle, it would have been not it talked about at all. And, and here's the no thing, one would have said anything about it. What and now happened, here we are is everyone is talking about it. So it's kind of like a, a Rockstar slash Take Two paid a lot of money for that, period. That's sure. what it is. happened. Sure. But it's also sure. a it's a bad press is you know, press is press. Not like yeah. those are bad. Yeah. That's the yeah. kind of thing that it We're it, talking about it for far too long. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. talked about it for a minute. So Well, okay. So meanwhile, again, a lot of what they showed was a whole bunch of games and, and many of them are sequels. But in some cases with some good twists, but I don't know how much we need to see Madden NFL 21, NBA mm. 2K 21, Gran Turismo 7. Yes, they're very I like pretty. Gran Turismo. And and at Gran least Turismo with that first. one, they had some they had some additional features that made it look like they've actually progressed with the game. But, that was mm, yeah, but I say that, that because Gran Turismo has always been kind of like their flagship graphics kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The same way Forza is yeah. always something for Xbox because it's the thing right. where like it's easy to make car games look really good because there's not a ton of shit going on at any given point in time. Yeah. So you can get all these really sleek angles and nice ray tracing now that they're doing. And the, interior, the interiors have been very immaculately reproduced mm. from the real thing. Well, they do. Right. They like, they like laser scan them to the but, point where it's like completely accurate to where the car is, which is why like the racing games are in there. Mm-hmm. Then you see the sports games because those are money makers too. I mean, what does everybody buy every year? Yeah, right, it's right. important for them to put that stuff out there from the perspective right. of like, there are people who buy a PS4 or a console and that is the one or two games they buy ever. And that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me, let me just uh, continue on if you guys don't mind. I wanna keep it re- reasonably short. My, my point is it's okay to have some old games, especially when you're doing something new and different with them. Mm-hmm. Horizon Zero Dawn looks amazing, uh, that's, that's real. Uh, Odd World Soulstorm had a really interesting twist on their mechanics, yeah. and and the fact that it's got this cool revolutionary spirit feels more of this moment yeah. than most of the other games they that they were showing. Yeah. But I also want to share my screen for a minute and uh, give me just a second. So I'm still figuring out how to best do this, but we're gonna uh, it's not share nice. sound so we can continue to talk over it. <laughs> And I'm going to show you. So uh, this one was the one that really caught my eye. It's called Death Loop, and you take sort of a sci-fi noir world, and then you add this great time travel and this super cool-looking style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me get to. I'm just going to fast forward a bit to what looks like some gameplay. I think um, even the gameplay just looks really pretty and really cool. Uh, and this kind of came out of nowhere for me. Ooh. You know, and I didn't see the real-time trailer. I only saw the in-game from, like, the uh, actual Yeah, this press is totally different footage from Yeah, that. yeah. I actually haven't seen this, Stacey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, that looks really great. Uh, and this is one Pragmata, right? So it's from Capcom. It's just so weird that it's impossible to guess what's going on with this game. So here's Sounds somebody like Capcom. Yeah, I, I in Times Square where I work. This. So I this, genuinely thought to myself, like, this looks like some Kojima shit. Kojima shit. Uh, yeah. It really <laughs> does. And 
and and yet it's got a certain sort of comfortable stereotypeness to it even at the point where it's like per perplexing in terms of like what is happening what is this technology and why do we feel like we need to save this little white girl with a virtual cat, <laughs> virtual like, cat. <laughs> well i will say you know let's think about what thing. capcom has done as far as original ip in some time and the only thing i can really think back to is like lost planet yeah. like as far as like original right. like big ip so and that's like yeah. a historical capcom problem but the thing is yeah they do, they do occasionally try some shit Sure. They, no, don't and always, it works. they don't always succeed, but they tried Killer7. Everyone tried. loved Lost Planet. They didn't handle it nicely, but yeah. I mean, the, the original Lost so, Planet was snacks. fantastic. So, yeah, Bug oh, Snacks boy. is, you want to talk about a diversity of game styles? Yeah. Literally every snack you could ever eat is turned into a bug. Uh, and if you eat the bug, your own body parts turn into that snack. So I this guy is here. clearly eating hot dogs and cinnamon rolls. It's Bug Snacks. It's just so strange. Jesus, yeah, it's so strange. weird. <laughs> Um, but it's so, so wacky that you gotta love it. And meanwhile, like the nicest looking game in some ways was Ratchet and Clank. Oh, like, yeah. That was a great demo. I'm a huge, that always looked great demo. It gave you probably it gave you a great sense. It gave you a great sense of the gameplay, and it also yeah. showed off their technology for loading right. in things really fast because yeah. of yeah, that the, 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 the like the portal tearing and um, right. I don't know. Did you mention um Little Devil Inside, Stacy? Did you? No, get I didn't. That? But that's another really good one. Oh yeah, I that one. Sure. Yeah, so it felt like to me some of the more interesting games that are coming out sooner were just sandwiched in between PlayStation graphics or sequels. Like mm -hmm. like Hitman were given a lot more time, even though they don't appear to be doing anything particularly new yeah. and interesting. And the, the whole what's going on in the world was completely ignored. And I just want to take a minute to, to talk about that because... Um, people are evaluating brands in a different way right now. There's very much a you are with us or you are not sense about a lot of brands and employees are actively revolting within companies if they're saying the right things in public but doing the wrong things in private. And some people are getting pissed at Steam too, some developers for, for not sure. saying anything Exactly. Epic Game Store and, and others And have. Sony hasn't not said anything, but they are in a weird position. Like they make a lot of their money off of movies and who knows when those theaters are going to reopen or how they're going to do it safely or how that's going to pan out. Right mm -hmm. now, there's a big debate over whether to require masks when they reopen theaters. And I don't know how that's going to turn out. But it does make them, I think, hesitant to weigh in on the situation in, in too much of a way that might alienate some of their customers. Yeah. And they also, from, from a gaming perspective, want to probably the safer play is to just present it as escapism because that's what a lot of people might want right now. And I do think they alluded slightly to the situation with the developer video at the very end, uh, the, right. the kind of mosaic yes. style that we've seen in a lot of COVID-19 kind of uh, And that's the one thing I think they did right, but it was noticeable how much you had a diverse team in the final square of dozens of developers together and how little you saw them speaking during the program up until that moment. Like you can tell that that's something that they put together at the end and they didn't even explain why they had done it or what they were trying to achieve with that. So I didn't love it. Um, I would have much rather they had had a more open admission of the times they are in without even necessarily placing themselves anywhere on the spectrum of what what if anything they're going to do about it but just used it as a time to talk about how if nothing else hey games are great escapism and we're all stuck at home right now and 
you know, life outside's rough, but you can have roughly, a good old time in Spider-Man. Roughly know. speaking, I think what was missing was a human touch, which I didn't yeah. see it, but it sounds like the Destiny 2 presentation did, in fact, have some of that from what we discussed briefly. Uh, so before we throw it over to Steve, though, I just want to briefly say that when the Horizon 2 trailer happened, Stacy can attest, I squealed like a little girl. <laughs> and then you teared up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Horizon. Yeah. They didn't put a date for that, right? No. No. Okay. But All there right, was a so... large robot turtle, so that cool. was cool. That was cool. cool. I'm hoping to. All right. But it's gonna be what it is. <laughs> cool, Steve. So take it away, Destiny. Where did Destiny's two, um, con uh, conference, succeed where Sony's failed? Well, first of all, I mean, they did acknowledge what's going on. You know, they didn't say a ton about it, but they acknowledged the fact that like, hey, you know, it's a weird time we're living in. And it is. It's a weird time. You know, there's a lot of things going on that. I think they acknowledge it a little bit good. Like the whole pre-intro, Steve, was like a whole, what is it? Um, Just like, hey, here's the changes we had to do. Here's um, like we had to ship you know, equipment to this person's house and people had to run to the office. They had like this whole mini montage. And then before it started, there was like an eight minute and 46 second, like uh, sort of flash. Screen. Right. So I got into the, the, the briefing late. Oh yeah. You missed it. Yeah. See it, okay. Yeah. I did so see them Steve, touch on, you know, touch on. Yeah. There was a, a good like mini doc right before it just saying like, here are all the challenges we had to go to to get this. And they had like so many like people just talking yeah. about the challenges and everything. So they, they kind of front loaded it. So if you were waiting, they did cover it so that when they started talking about Destiny 2, that's all they really, you know, that got to focus okay. on. It's, it's probably also because it was fresh off of their live event and I waited an hour and a half for something to happen there and it didn't. So I figured they'd start oh. the actual <laughs> reveal event late too. Damn you, Bungie. <laughs> they tricked so you. What, I, what I'm talking about there is um, like a couple of days before the actual event itself and the reveal of the new DLC stuff, there was a live event happening in game because that's like the popular thing now. Mm -hmm. you know, like Fortnite does stuff like that. So I guess this was Bungie's first attempt at it. And basically it was just kind of a cutscene that played out in real time within the tower, which is the main mm. social space. So in the sky, you see the almighty and it's kind of just sitting there and then you see lasers start going towards it, which is Rasputin trying to destroy it. And it was awesome for what it is. You know, this big thing exploding in the sky and then coming crashing down behind the tower where you are. That right? Cool. It, was, but... it was neat. <laughs> but, for the butt. <laughs> here it is. It took an hour and a half to get to anything meaningful happening. So you, got, you, you guys are just waiting in the tower. Right. So the event was watching supposed to lasers. start. Wait, at, so like, it's... So they're doing a digital event, so and they imported all the bad parts of a live concert, waiting <laughs> yeah, for the so artist to stop doing drugs movie, and come out. Or you so could like, waited I to see this sat there happen. for like an hour and a half, and then it's like, oh, I think something's starting to happen. And you start seeing the lasers, and they grow slowly over time. And I understood what they were trying to do. They were trying to make it seem like it's playing out in real time. With yeah. how long it would take missiles fired from a different planet okay. to reach something that's in Nobody's orbit. Nobody's expecting Earth. actual science in this science fiction. Right. Okay. So <laughs> if it happened, if it's I don't know what you're talking about. All this stuff about light and dark, that's a PhD shit. If it's uh, a place within the 30 minutes that I expected it to take no. place in, it would have been like, yeah. oh, blow. It would have been mind blown. Great. Mm, but, yeah. you know, yeah. it took a while. I can see that working from a perspective of like trying to put you in a role play context of like being someone who's just on the station and then it's yeah. just like what the fuck is that yeah and, and yeah but but an hour is too long 
Well, but then respect I, my time. I feel like you should have got a lecture about metachlorians. <laughs> to their credit, some of that though, time. <laughs> like right after the event concluded, there was tweets from their like community manager and gameplay dev saying, "Look, we hear you. We understand. We're going to do better in the future." Okay. So it's good Lessons they were learned. listening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then that leads Look, into when when the... World of Warcraft started doing events, it was a freaking disaster. It at was one, a disaster. At, at one point, they had a plague that you could infect major cities with. And yeah, I remember that. I remember I mean, that one. That was a mistake. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were events where one person on the entire server could get the cool thing that everybody wanted. He could just kind of stick in and steal it, steal it while everybody else was doing <laughs> more meaningful stuff outside. It was just... Yeah. <laughs> like, did they, have they ever met a human being? <laughs> so, they, um, so that brings us into the actual event itself to, to go over the new expansion and... Uh, what their future roadmap is. So the new expansion is called Beyond Light, which goes into this whole philosophy now that they've been teasing for the past few seasons of what if the darkness really isn't a bad guy, just an opposing force to the light, but we don't know the motives. So they've been teasing that for like the past couple of seasons, and now the darkness has, the darkness, triangle ships have finally arrived. And he said, I am here to kill your shit. And basically (laughs) at the end of the campaign was like, you don't need weapons here. We're your salvation, and offered kind of like this olive branch of like we're gonna help you. Wait, this is a, the darkness speaking. Do you darkness. trust the darkness? Uh, well, it depends because there was a whole quest line previously that asked you where your loyalties lie uh, in the game, and it's 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 supposed to have um, effects on the future of the game. Quick question, Steve. Was this from when we chose to side with the Drifter, or this is another choice? Same thing. The Drifter gotcha. versus... Oh, okay, uh, so then, Android. yeah. So then they lead into the coolest part, which is um, getting darkness power mm. and a new type of damage called stasis. So yes. it's been teased for a long time. And like Guardians are essentially weapons of the light. Your power comes from the Traveler, which is like the beacon of the light. And now here we are all of a sudden where the darkness comes and they're like, hey, we're here to help you. And now you have this this opportunity to get powers cool of darkness. Yeah, yeah, always. Always cool guns, right? And a new and a new element type. <laughs> Stasis. Mm. Which seems to it. be time slash ice. I, I, Are you sure we're not tell- just doing yeah. dark side, light side, here's a new thing, let's make it neutral-ish? No, because it's always been kind of like... Destiny's story has always been in its grimoire and its background and its lore cards. Yeah. Where it's always hinted at being way more elaborate than you think it is. Uh, yeah. And they've had well, story beats that have been like years in the making, right? All right. So, so they've given you like this like one the lore card. unfolding of something you've been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, it does. It does reads, it feel like it took too long? Yeah. Yeah. But is <laughs> it, it reads cool more that like it's happening? Yeah. It reads more like you're you're reading the mythology of a world and then the events of the actual game are like not quite aligned right. with that mythology, yeah. which kind of leads you to be like, oh, okay, I see. Like, yeah. kind of like, you know, Grandpa so and so tells me all about Jesus, and then I have. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of weird and out of place because you have to go outside of the game to find all your information. Yeah, so, yeah, which is something. Hopefully, they get better as as they go into the next three in- expansions that they announced during I this. Just, thing. I have so to say. I, I can't understand why they make you like why they still assuming it's true make you leave the game to do that shit like the grimoire stuff. Um, I think it's just because they don't really have a way to implement past events. You know, there's no like way <sighs> to how these things play out in time, or if it's just maybe something that um, 
they just don't have time to make because there's a lot. Like, you have to integrate, lot. right? Like it's 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 fair to say that it's easier to churn out content through a website and 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 through those technologies right. rather than integrate them into the game. But like that is what other games do, anyway. So, uh, in speaking to that, one of their things for their roadmap for the future is actually something that I found really interesting was how they want to keep the game efficient. So they were talking about a lot of games now, like Call of Duty and other games of that nature that are in excess of 100 gigabytes, Jesus, right, on how much memory they take. So what Destiny is starting to do is they're going to start looping and revamping old content. So what they're going to do is they're going to take certain things out of the game that people don't play anymore and loop in things people want to play from the past that they really liked, other raids and things like that, and kind of Mm. cycle content to try and keep the um, size of the game smaller. The Destiny Content Vault, as they call it. Yeah, without continually adding stuff into the game, making it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Which I kind of like the idea of, because if you think about it, they're bringing back the very first raid from Destiny 1, the Vault Mm. of Glass, which I think was the pinnacle of their encounter design. Yeah. that was probably the best encounters I've ever played in the game. Um, and just thinking about it, like it's so much nostalgia with it, right? Mm-hmm. They're bringing back Cosmodrome, the yeah, original, the, one of the original of locations. Old content. And, and they said they're not trying to slap another number on a box and deliver a game like that. That's so, good to hear. Yeah. So they're going to keep supporting Destiny 2 and they're not going to do Destiny 3, which is good because now you know like this is what they're going to stick with. And now that they're no longer part of Activision, it kind of gives me hope to see, because this is the stuff we're seeing now from this expansion beyond light to the next two. This is where we're going to see what... What are the names of the next two? Uh, the Witch Queen or something like that. Witch Queen and then Lightfall. 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 Yeah. So Witch Queen is for 2021. Right. And then Lightfall is for 2022. And it right. seems like they're going to be consistent. Like they've held that September month release date yeah. ever since so probably we probably should, would expect everything to come out in september right. in the following year so going so, into beyond light is the darkness mm-hmm. powers then you have the witch queen which is sabathun which is one of the hive gods and then into lightfall whatever story beats go into there yeah sounds so like the light's gonna it's be falling nice and ambitious as far as the story goes and it seems like the gameplay will follow i'm mm-hmm. a little concerned about if they never uh, attempt to go to destiny 3 like platform wise the graphics are just going to look more and more out of date, I would think. Well, I mean, well, that's, the that's roadmap is only a couple good. years down the road, right? So I can't... The game is already very good looking. Yeah. You know, and I play already, it on PC now. So I have yeah. the 60 frames, 1080, right. whatever the so case is. It looks fantastic. When you're developing a live service game for PC, you can continuously push the envelope yeah. as far as what the graphics stuff goes. And... There's no reason you can't have it scaled down to the right. launch experience on the yeah. lowest settings, all yeah. that stuff. And to yeah. go back to it, might uh, eventually have, want to deprecate some some kind like of World of Warcraft as the comparison. You know, they've consistently updated the graphics in the game. You know, they've updated yeah. the character models and stuff, and they've never had to release another game behind yeah. it. Yeah. It's just well, been kind of like big patches. More to Stacey's yeah. point, though, I do think that there are things you can do in a sequel that you can't do if you're just going to do it continuous. Particularly from Division 1 to Division 2, huge improvements. And it's the sort of thing that, frankly, I don't think they could have done bit by bit. They revamped the whole goddamn UI. They yeah. redid enemy AI. Uh, now, they might be able to do that piecemeal in Destiny, but it's harder. Well, I, I think I mean, to, as... their, to their credit, it looks like right now, I mean, they're in a place right now where the UI, the gameplay, the enemy AI, it's all pretty good where it's at as far as difficulty and and how hard it is to complete. And that's fair. I would not say that about Division 1. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, um, well, we've talked, Steve, about them, actually, just something we miss is that, remember, there's a PC port that is, you know, superior to what's on the consoles now. So what's to say that the PS5 and the Xbox, they can just slap that code? I'm, I know not slap it over, but they already have a more, you know, um, a higher fidelity port that they could just put over to the higher consoles. And, you know, that'll that'll most likely hold well, over and now, particular, that, now that you mentioned that there's one thing i want to touch on sorry zabi no, is no. that they did start talking about uh generational crossplay, which i think is interesting oh so the generational co- crossplay is like if you have ps4 and your friend has a ps5 you both can still play together nice so they said that they're implementing that within the next year and then they commented on wanting to have crossplay with everybody well cool in the nice. future and it's like oh we hope to have this but you know it's always the the console companies and you know them wanting yeah. the actual overlap well the last yeah. thing i'll say is when it comes to deploying the game that you've worked on to different platforms the technology is only getting really really better and we actually do seem to be at an inflection point where the cost of deploying to arbitrarily like good um what do you call it PCs like bad PCs and good PCs like power wise is getting the cost to doing that is getting very low actually because you can just deploy your highest uh, resolution asset and certain engines will just handle that shit so it's starting to get much simpler and even the pre-built machines are getting to the point where they're so affordable it's almost like buying buying a a a pre-built machine is almost better than buying a console because you're getting better Mm, better cause, cause better hardware make sure it all works out works and you're getting together. modular hardware that you can upgrade down the line yeah so. yeah cool cool cool, cool. Nice. all right so destiny 2 we're looking forward to supporting you for the next two years are you coming back mikey uh de- on ps5 i'm gonna come back i think um once right. they put the updates i'll put back and if they're really working on cross play then that you know fixes oh you're on pc you're on that i, I was mean, actually yeah. talking to rio recently kind of and uh destiny, rio so. completely deleted destiny 2 from his playstation he's Ooh. like i can never go back i was yeah. like for me if my friends all decide they want to play on playstation i'm gonna go play on playstation it's gonna be where yeah. my friends are because the graphical differences it's pretty just it's yeah well, I just, I just think the, it doesn't bother me the, the, um, the, the pressure of these big profile games just becoming cross-play, like, you know, it's time, Destiny 2. Hey, like, Fortnite's, Fortnite's doing it. Yeah, every, you know, um, Rocket League is doing yeah. it, has done it. So, like, if no you want to be Destiny 2, if you want to be the game that everybody plays. They need to do that thing. In. What company, yeah. what game was it where they just accidentally flipped the Switch and revealed it? Was Rocket, like, I, think I think it was Rocket League. League. Yeah. I think it was Rocket League, like two hours like, And then PlayStation was, was like, no, 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 you, you can't do that. And they were like, uh, we kind of did. The switch off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think Bungie should do. They should be like, oops. So we're all excited about PS5, I think. But if we chop off that S, I think Mikey has some stuff he'd like to talk about. Ah, you and your freaking segues. <laughs> so I this is probably how the you last. came up with that one. Anyway. How did you practice these? <laughs> I don't know. He looks in the mirror before I even wake up in the morning, apparently. How long have you been sitting on all these segues? <laughs> yeah. So Persona 5 Royal, this will probably be the last time I mention it because I finally completed it all 120 hours of it. Ooh, yes, a, I mean, it's not like game. we had a lot of time on our hands. This is true. <laughs> so, Speak for yourself. I still like work that. in the Bronx every day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm not in the Bronx. I'm just in Tokyo. But um, yeah, I finished Persona 5 oh. Royal, and I want to say that it was even more fantastic than the first time. Um, 
I'm not going to relitigate the whole first game. It, it was great. The only issue I have with it is that because of the um, extra sort of like extra content and extra time to do things, for me, the game, you know, turned out to be a lot easier than um, the first time. And it's just like, you know, the stress of not having to refill your MP enough because there were so many options to refill your MP. And, you know, me just knowing the game, I guess, you know, the, um, the Shin Mag Megami Tensei framework and battle system, I kind of flew through it a little bit faster than I wanted to. But as far as the extra content goes, and I'm just going to have a little, little, little bit of spoilers, um, you know, you really get into the true nature of your new party member, Kazumi, and what her story is. And they kind of change things in a really, really intense way. And, like, I, I have to talk around spoilers because, like, for people who want to play it, like, when you get to it, it's kind of like, uh, okay, I didn't see that coming. Um, you know, they introduce an enemy that I don't know if you want to call an enemy. Um, you know, it's, it's really easy when we talk about these games to have good guy, bad guy. This is good. This is bad. You know, arbiters of good, arbiters of chaos. But then they sort of introduce a new type of um, antagonist that's like, is this bad, really? I mean, yeah. I like, um, so, I like relatable antagonists. That's why I think Thanos yeah, is something no, wrong. Yeah, no, very, very, very relatable antagonists. And, and, Steve, you know, think a little harder on that. But <laughs> he didn't. We yeah. only have finite resources. We have yeah. to preserve them if we're going to preserve life in the universe. I'm going to send you some articles <laughs> after. <laughs> send me all you want. Um, no, no, go on. <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, I, it, it had me really sort of thinking about the choices as humans we make um the choices that we think we have um sort of where we put um i don't want to use the word that but um how what we value happiness to be cognitive and, biases and, and that the, lead and you the down your choices and the and the work yeah. it takes to be happy and the search for meaning versus the search for pleasure uh yeah 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 um but yeah i think that's really as far as i can get because i i actually don't want to spoil it but you know i guess one of the negatives i could say about this is that well if you want to see all of that it takes about you know 60 hours 70 hours to get there <laughs> so you know yeah, it seems I, I'm, odd that like you know that this sort of too much game so yeah, all of like, the I understand stuff. some people are just, you know, they're big fans. They want to go through the game a second time and all that. I yeah. just think that specifically with Persona, uh, what's who's the publisher again? It's um, Atlas. 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 Yeah. Atlas is being pretty grubby here. This could be DLC, and don't tell me it couldn't, right? Mm. Like, so wait, let me let me just ask a question because I I think I missed all the discussion previously. Is that the new stuff takes place after the main game? That so you would buy you, Persona 5 okay, normally. So, so let me go through some of the new stuff. So you have a new, you have two new social links. One of the social links um, plays into the story in a really good way. Um, his name is T uh, Takuro Maruki, and he's a school counselor. And if you remember Persona, basically the game is about how adults abuse children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it was really nice that the school hired a, a counselor. So it fit really <laughs> nicely into the story. So you get, uh, you, know, you get a social link of your- It makes me worried that you're playing as a villain a little bit, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> no, no. 
No, no, your kids. Your so kids you didn't do anything. Your high yeah. school kids. So you're yeah. actually the good guy. <laughs> so you know when you there's lots of cutscenes where each of the characters speak to him about what has happened to him, and then of course there's oh. your social link with him as well. Right. The second social link is Kazumi um, Yoshizawa, which she is a new party member, and you are able to start a social link with her, but you don't get to play with her until the new semester. So you just get snippets of her, snippets of her, snippets of her. And she's a really fantastic character. Like I ended up romancing her because like, she's just so cool. Like she's a fantastic character. Um, so I actually, you know, so romanced her. I kind of agree with Zavi there then. Like, why couldn't you just make this a DLC? Well, because they, yeah. Yeah. It depends on how you yeah. slice and dice it, right? So you alluded to the fact that, for example, as a fundamental change, they made it easier to get MP back, right? Yeah. Well, that's not, I mean, that could have been, so there's a little bit of a graphical upgrade. Um, they did change quite a, they changed little things of your daily sort of game flow. Mm. You know, you know, talking to you now, it kind of seems like, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe it could have been DLC. Like I said, like I said, it's 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 fair that some yeah. people want to replay this. I don't know how hard it is to make some of these changes and everything, but we have seen similar things get patched into games, yeah. Yeah. literally for free. But yeah. we've seen. Yeah, a, I guess it's just going. It's going back down the and route. Atlas of like, does this a lot. Yeah. Like, right. yeah, it's 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 the the standard DLC debate, right? Yeah, like, is this DLC or is it additional game? And and that's a debate that's going to keep raging for the rest yeah. of time. That's as long been as going on made. from from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. As I soon will as you say the interest is online, the interest is there. I think it sold better initially than the original game, if I'm not mistaken, really? or wow. did really really well. So oh, the nice. interest is there. I mean, as much as you know, to some Sega extent, did though, that buy... might be people knowing to wait. Yeah, Sega did yeah. buy Atlas, so That's I don't want to say like though. Atlas is a small company, but it's it is a subsidiary of Sega now. But Atlas is is very like you know one of the things I love about Atlas is that their logistics department is amazing. They don't make too many of anything. <laughs> it's like, hey, we know who our fans are. We know they're going to buy it. And I think that's one of the testaments why they've been around for so long. So as much as I want to say like, uh, you know, how many games does Atlas proper makes a year? And if this is their, you know, premier franchise, I'm not hating it on so much. Yes, I am a fan and I am biased about it. But if you missed out the first time, you know, this is this is a game from three years ago. So it wasn't like, oh, you know, this came out last year and we're remaking yeah. it right now. So, yeah, I, I do get both arguments. Um, but it, I think the package still stands as it is. And I think it's definitely everyone to get to it, especially if you didn't play the original game. Like, this is definitely the definitive version of it. And yeah, it I don't actually ending really cool. I'm not actually as critical as I may be in letting on. Like, yeah. I wanted yeah, to bring yeah, yeah. it up, but I, I think that Atlas... Hey, you moved me, Zavi, after you asked me. I was like, hey. <laughs> they have a hell of a niche. Yeah. And, and they support it pretty damn well. Yeah. And yeah. I don't see the point in trying to, like, paint that broad of a brush and go... Yeah. Oh, it I mean, should be DLC. It's like Japan in general doesn't do DLC the way we do. So that's true. That's yeah. absolutely true. And if you look, true. if you look at like the release date for Persona games, I mean, Persona Four Golden was 2012, right? Persona Five was 2016. Yeah, yeah. This you isn't are FIFA. 20. What is it? 2020. <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a 2020 yeah. launch. Yeah, right? that's why I said you know Royal, just remember so. what kind of company. Unless you're someone is. who's like loves buying games on sale, mm -hmm. and you got Persona Five on sale really cheap, mm -hmm. like you would have heard buzz about this game, especially if it's something that's in your wheelhouse. 
Yep. Definitely. No, Persona 4 Golden actually just came out on Steam. Yeah, no. it did. Yeah. Thanks for no. mentioning it. Yeah. I completely lied to you, Mikey, and did not keep track of time while you were talking. Oh. Uh, so I don't know <laughs> how long we've been talking about Persona 5. I mean, I so am... We've got a, I, still got a I, few know, minutes left. Um, well, I, excuse me. I will say, you know, kind of not wanting to talk about spoilers sort of hinders it. I, do, I did want to talk about just to sort of get a last minute, um, what is it, spotlight on it, because, you know, we have a lot of things to talk about. Things are coming out. It's, you know, Falls coming up. We have uh, Last of Us 2. We have Ghosts of Tsushima. We have Captain Tsubasa. What the hell is that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. We, I'll show you the trailer after, and you're going to be right. like, um, you can throw FIFA in the garbage because you're going to want to play Captain Tsubasa. You know, just one quick exactly, thing. Exactly. Look at your face. Okay. Look at that face. Okay. I'm I don't know FIFA, but okay. I'm surprised nobody mentioned Stray from the PS5 event, where you play yeah. a stray cat in a world oh, of Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had that on my list, actually, and uh, maybe I should have included it, but it's another one of those that it, it feels more in touch with our dystopian times than yeah. any of the... <laughs> Well, the, it's, the another, um, it's like literally a, 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 a cat a robot, watching humans kill each other. A robot yeah. under underclass and and this poor little cat. That's it's a, it's an Annapurna game, so those tend yeah. to have like some yeah. really neat like story yeah. beats. Like Florence was super good, and that was an Annapurna yeah. game. Uh, on Florence, mobile. yeah, yeah. It, it I actually really like Annapurna. that. It was really nice did. to see Annapurna Interactive put something out that looked more high budget than yeah. the usual stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Games like they're Definitely. growing. That's exactly and, and it's an interesting way to kind of deal with the diversity problem in games is to make a cat your protagonist. Exactly. <laughs> the internet loves cats. The internet loves cats. It's, yeah, it's like review bomb this. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> go go ahead, bully the cat. See how everyone yeah. likes it. You're the wrath of the <laughs> see, see if the cat gives a shit. <laughs> Cool. Oh, so uh, I think we're up on our final topic for today. Speaking and are, of dystopian futures. Yes. Speaking yes. of review review bombing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I decided to play a little bit of Last of Us Remastered. As a little bit or all of it? Uh, a little bit. We didn't uh, go ahead and finish it. I was playing along while Stacy was watching for a bit, but then... I felt conflicted about whether to pick up Last of Us 2. I chose not to buy it on Friday. Uh, and see how things went a little bit, and then and I and I went and researched and said, wait a minute, let this me go. Seems let interesting. Me... Take my yeah, money. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing. Like my where I where I land on this is there's some people that are very much uh, game mechanic purists. They want a good game, and the story is nice to have, but not need to have. And I'm yeah. just the opposite of that. I really want a good story in my game. A pure mechanics racking up points and levels is going to bore me within 20 minutes tops. So for me, it's all about the story. And Let's be clear, though. You also love Doom, so don't pretend like yeah, I, yeah, I think it depends. Yeah, Stacy. Yeah, Stacy. Yeah. I think it depends on what you're. What Doom you're is just for. fucking funny, though, man. <laughs> it is very. There funny. is think, room in the world for slapstick funny. Yeah, I think when yeah. it comes down to it, it depends on what kind of game you're looking for at any given moment, because and it I needs to be a holistic thing. Yeah, like where you are at any given point in time determines what kind of game, like in your right. mental space, is going to determine right. what kind of game you're looking for. So yeah. I, I knew that The Last of Us was going to be bombed because we're clearly featuring a lesbian relationship, and that's going to freak some people out. It appears there's some kind of trans character. DLC, I still don't whatever. know what's up about that, but that's going to freak some people out. And just in general, the fact that the former protagonist, Joel, is a grizzled old man, you know, I can see how your power fantasy teenage boys might not yeah, like Yeah, it's like Metal Gear much. 4. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mentioned so, it, so this is entirely my fault, but I don't in any way want to talk about the review bombing because the sky is blue and games that feature anything that is unusual to right. those assholes gets review bombed. So who gives a shit? The sky is blue and games are subjective. Right. So, so this my point is how is, the first game makes me feel. Yeah. I still so I still don't know where you're going. You did this before and I still don't know where you're going with it. So you're, I need you to elaborate. So the, the, so. the, thing of, the problem with The Last of Us 1 is actually a very, very well-crafted story. But right at the end, there's kind of an agency problem. I think so too. So I want to I go through it a bit more in order. So we played up until uh, round when the hunters start getting introduced before you meet Henry and Sam. And, uh, and then we watch some YouTube videos. Um, the, back when I played it the first time, I was much younger. This was PlayStation 3 era. We knew it was seven um, years ago, right? That's yeah, I, really? I think wow. so. It's an old game, game man. It's so, a classic now. So I remember was, uh, playing through the first one. I remember playing through the first one. And back then, I just didn't have the same sensibility for this kind of stuff that I do now, or just a different sensitivity, because that's just the way that being a human works. The, when I first played it, it landed as a mostly just like gritty story, blah, blah. The thing that interested me was actually the realistic mechanics. Things such as the fact that on a controller with the weapon swaying continuously, you actually need to line up the shot like within that circle. And the animations for the enemies are erratic. So yeah. normally a game would hand, hold your hand a little bit with some kind of auto-hitting or something like that. The Last of Us did not. It was like you need to line up your shot and if you don't then melee or something else and if you fuck up you're gonna fucking die period if you let a clicker get on you and you don't have a shiv you're gonna fucking die if and a runner gets on you and you have low enough health you can't struggle out of that encounter you're gonna right. fucking die and on top of that they made you be aware of your resources because you had very limited bullets that you could hold so while you I'm playing didn't find a lot of them you could only hold like 10 and I'm no. playing the first game on the grounded difficulty that they added right. in. So I don't have listening mode. Resources are stupid scarce. Um, I don't even and have a UI to tell you how much health you have. I think I actually chose to turn a lot of that off. But because uh, uh, I'm a psycho. But um, it's, it's a fun experiment for me to always just try to be like as immersive as possible and see how that feels. Uh, back when you're talking about a remastering of a PS3 game, they don't exactly have like the animation system in place to give you clues about the person's health uh, in a realistic fashion. Uh, um, so the health bar is actually helpful. But I like not knowing how many rounds I have in the guns so that I have to keep track of it in my head. I like uh, being that kind of like, uh, that kind of panic that can that can happen when you don't have all the when you don't have God information. It's part of why I didn't really like listening mode in uh, Last of Us Part One, uh, and grounded mode is interesting because I have to use my actual human ears. But uh, playing through, it still holds up. It's still really really good. I do think that that first game is pretty timeless like i don't see these mechanics these uh, crafting like th these levels um i don't see them getting old i really don't and then to get into the story it's pretty goddamn good particularly because there's a and this is where i think it's funny to think of the difference from seven years ago to now like they just don't treat you like a kid they, the, the world is, is brutal, but they don't necessarily show more than they need to. It's mm -hmm. part of why when a runner gets to you, they'll bite you, and then you have the escalation of him yelling and the music making the sound, and then cut to black. Because they actually, they actually aren't trying to be um, 
porn. Torture point. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're actually not, not trying to do that. Or just yeah. for the sake of itself. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. you have this developing relationship. It obviously kicks off with Joel losing his daughter as everything goes to shit. The most uh, heartbreaking uh, thing in that game. Oh my God. That game opens and you're playing as this little girl. And it's just like, you're not the girl from the box. Yeah. You're going to fucking die. And it's, yeah. a well, it's a well done scene. <laughs> it was moving. Uh, you get the little bits of interaction, and specifically, you get Joel getting his watch. Flash forward in time, his watch is broken. Uh, it's one of these symbols that he occasionally looks at, and it's clear that the watch doesn't work. So, whenever he's looking at it, it's like the signal of like remembering his daughter. And sometimes it seems like he's not even aware that he's doing it. Like when he interacts with Ellie and he like occasionally just moves his wrist like almost unconsciously. Right. It's almost more the way somebody would look at a compass to try and keep going the right direction. It's like he's looking at this watch and trying to decide how to handle Ellie, who is a handful. Mm -hmm. And he thinks about what he would have done if his daughter had acted that way. Yeah. So so as you progress through that story, I feel like you have this series of encounters with different characters and how they do and don't survive this world, right? You have Bill, who has isolated himself so insanely to the point where, like, who who we are heavily clued into is essentially his partner hated him and got bit while trying to run away from him. He successfully isolated himself from everyone and everything. He's alive, but what the fuck is his life? Then you have Sam and you have uh, his older brother, Henry, who you meet and they seem like decent people. And it's a very much a parallel to uh, Ellie and Joel. And Only Henry is way nicer. I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then bad luck happens as it kind of can. And Sam gets bit, turns. Henry... Uh, in that moment just offs himself and flash forward in time, right? Uh, Ellie's essentially depressed and this is probably a long period of time afterwards, still trying to find the fireflies because of course, key thing, Ellie has been an immune and all that. Next thing that we encounter is in Jackson, uh, his brother. And you have this sense of, oh, here's Joel's previous life and all this. And he's literally trying to get Ellie off his back. He's literally going like, brother, you take her from here. I don't want to do this anymore. And then Mm -hmm. Tommy initially is like, no, no, I can't do this. Until he sees how much that Joel cares about Ellie when the attack happens. And he's like, fuck, okay, I have to do this because I can't let my brother essentially go through this twice. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the back and forth where Ellie runs away. And then instead, Joel goes, okay, fine, I'm going to fucking do it. Tommy, go home to your wife. Finally, we reach the last leg of the game. You find the fireflies and you learn, dun, 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 they need to kill Ellie if they're going to try to find some kind of cure. And this is... At least that's what they think. Even back... Yeah, even back all those years ago, this was the part that I thought was the narratively interesting thing. Up until then, I was just sort of going through the motions, gameplay, gameplay back then. Going through it the second time, knowing what's going on, I was trying to keep my mind on whether there's a right and wrong here, whether there's Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a good choice to be made here. And the way that the game frames it is, Joel's not gonna lose Ellie, I'm gonna kill all these people and rescue her and get out of here and it kind of frames joel as a bit of a villain at the end particularly for lying to ellie what's best for joel is clearly it's not what's best for the greater good for the world as a whole Eh, hypothetically right we don't know we don't know how much they'd be able to actually figure anything out but you know if the fireflies are just full of it and they're about to off somebody for no reason i mean there's that ultimately i think that that like 
this turns into something that I don't typically like in stories, which is everyone sucks. So mm. the Fireflies kind of suck because they don't give anyone a choice per se here. They don't ask Joel. They don't ask Ellie what they want or even like treat them kindly per se. Maybe they're a revolution group on their last legs. I don't know. We don't see enough of them. And then mm. on the other hand, Joel is just so much of a I'm I'm the father I protect the kid at all costs I don't care what I have to do and like so he does that and he does it selfishly and he lies to Ellie and so on and so forth and Ellie is just sort of there which feels weird and bad not because it's unrealistic per se but just because like this is a story that you're choosing to tell me you're choosing to set things up a certain way and it's okay to have an ambiguous ending which leaves you with whose side are you on and that sort of thing but i think that uh and this is one tiny thing just from reviews i've read not what i've played of part two i think that it actually kind of shines a light on the type of stories that they're actually interested in telling that i don't care about I'm pretty sure from what I've read that eventually part two is going to turn into everyone sucks and just wants to like be dicks to each other all the time. And mm. while we're in this current historical moment, people are actually being pretty fucking excellent to each other. Like, sure, there's loud sounds outside and that sort of thing, but like communities are helping each other. And these stories have no interest in these eventualities from what I can tell. So with Last of Us Part 1, great gameplay, great realism. I like the mechanics. I want to see other games try to take these kind of approaches to mechanics, the scarcity of the ammo, crafting in place so that it's actually real intention. The stealth versus uh, detection is pretty good. Like, all that stuff yeah, is they've nice. they've made some real improvements. Just don't turn on... that into an excuse to essentially just Call of Duty me and just be like, this is right. why you need to be a strong person and be ready to kill. And then also don't baby me and go, but killing is bad and you should really think hard about your kill like it's just it just feels there's no gray area it's just boring like the best it's part of post-apocalypse is in my mind is like the little shreds of hope and maybe i'll be maybe the reviews i've read will be misleading and part two you know whatever but i genuinely think that like part one is very good because it makes you think about shit uh but it also the way it frames the ending is not particularly uh, yeah. So we were we were discussing this at, at that at that final moment when Joel goes into the operating room and he sees Ellie on the table and there are three uh, people in the room involved in the operation. One of the doctors takes out a scalpel, and you have only the option that you let Joel die, or you kill the doctor. There is no other way to resolve that conflict, and I think in some ways that's just like heartbreaking, as a mm. player. Uh, you can totally see that doctor's yeah. point of view and why he thinks he's right. And by any reasonable uh, understanding of game mechanics, Joel ought to be able to kick that doctor's ass. Yeah. But There's you, no conversation, it sounds well, like, at yeah. all. Right. And, and I almost would have been okay if there had been a, <laughs> almost a dialogue between the player and Joel, the fictional character, where the player mm. could try and make moves to not make that mistake, but Joel would just eventually overturn the player's decision to be like, nah, fuck this, I'm saving the girl. Yeah, like Metal Gear has done that better, Spec Ops The Line did that better. But instead, it makes you, the player, press the button to kill the doctor or the game. Even though you don't want to do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. 
So yeah. I didn't love that. And I'm a little worried about that kind of scenario happening again with the second one. Yeah. Um, but I, I do have hope in that they're clearly attempting to show you both sides of the story more and yes. show in greater depth uh, how people can be led towards revenge and what other options there might be. So there's, I, I have hope. Yeah, that my hope too. Smarter than that. My hope too, because I think uh, I share that hope too, because I think that part of the weakness in retrospect of the perspective of The Last of Us Part One is that you mostly just get Joel and a little bit of Ellie. Um, there's insinuations of how terrible people are and the bad things that Joel has done and everything, but you really can't help as a designer that when you put the player in someone's shoes, they're going to see from their perspective. Yeah. So that's I mean maybe one could argue that they corrected or they addressed it or they expanded it with the um left behind expansion where True. you the are Ellie true. so you know you can actually have her perspective and you can sort of synthesize that in okay I'm adding this perspective in with the overall you know franchise or overall IP or story of the original game to say okay because I had this perspective of Joel you know, I'm only getting fed certain information and, you know, sort of uh, manipulated into feeling a certain way. Now I have Ellie. Yes, it's a dis different circumstance, but I can sort of glean what was she thinking in this moment? You know, how was she feeling in this moment? And now we have the second part to say, okay, she is the main character. This is going to be from her perspective. Yeah. How did she, how retrospectively, how did she feel about the first, the first yeah. game? Right. And well, how is she going to lead her life as someone who experienced that. I at least hope we won't end up in a situation where you've got a character unconscious and you're having to make a decision for that character and you don't honestly know what they would want. If yeah. They had the choice. Yeah. Like, we will have been in different characters' heads enough, I hope, that we can at least guess what the actual character would want to do in that moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whether we agree point. with it or not. Good point. Yeah. Good point. And right. next week, we'll be talking more. <laughs> about Last of Us Part Two, definitely. So hopefully, coming. hopefully, all of us get through it and we're able to have a full discussion. Um, I doubt it. I, you know, I, I know. I've, what I've heard is that hours. the game is just like uh, it's a, it's longer than it. It, it, it and then people. So it's well, not even needs to be just from that from what it is. From what I'm reading, it's running for sure. an average of about thirty. Thirty hours. hours. Yeah, that's what I've. Heard. I'm not rushing um, through it. I'm, I'm not either. No. So here's what here's what I foresee because I'm ten hours in now, but that's just this weekend. Yeah. I foresee that this week, during the week after work, I will not be playing at all because I will be mentally exhausted and Last of Us taxes my emotions and my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it probably won't be until the weekend where I hit it again and then, you know, I'll probably even then won't even be halfway through. Okay. So it's all dependent on, you know. Cool. I think we'll, we'll still discuss, you know, what we've played. Yeah, you know, yeah, we talked a lot about the gameplay systems and how they yeah. change and how they yeah. haven't and all that. Because so. I like to scavenge, so I like to look around. I like to search every building I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a lot of the game is in those buildings and little letters that you yes. can find about. Yes. Oh yeah, characters. yeah, yeah. So that even the even the minor characters you never even get to know, you still yeah. kind of do know them. There's just a lot of little history. things about the game that I really right. like, yeah. and I have been taking. This is only a preview, guys. We got to save them something for yeah. next week. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. So, Steve, do you have the script in front great. of you? 
Uh, no, I actually thought you were going to do the outro. I'll do the outro. It's okay. I had the big bombastic intro, and I figure you'd like to do the outro to guide everybody out. All right. We good, everyone? Sounds we good? are absolutely good. All right. Then that's where we're going to leave it. We are Potty Chat Peoples. Steve, welcome back. Stacy, Mikey, thanks again. Yes. And uh, our socials are up. Our socials are up Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Yes. We've got lovely banners and stuff. We've got yeah. lovely banners. In case you haven't noticed. Yeah. Uh -huh. We will be pushing out content yeah, to some the artistic socials. friends. I yes. claim no credit for any of this. Yes. Thank you, uh, MG Edits, for <laughs> this lovely, lovely background and video. Word. Um, yeah. So but I keep... think that's where we can leave it. All right. Later. <laughs> Bye-bye.